and staff reports for each item. And man, do I suddenly sound good. <laughs> uh, along with live and archived web streams of our meetings. We welcome public involvement in our meetings so that we can recognize you at the appropriate time. Please fill out a speaker's card indicating the number of the item on the agenda that you would like to address. And at this time, let me ask uh, Commissioner Doug Drummond to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand and put your hand over your heart and repeat with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Before we begin the Peer S hearing, we understand that information was spread that this meeting will address the fishing tariff. That is not the case, but you should know that we will be considering this item at a future meeting. You're welcome to attend this meeting. You're, excuse me, you're welcome to attend that meeting and address the board at that time. However, if you are here and you were expecting that meeting, you can address us now. Uh, I'll give you three minutes to speak. So if anyone's here for that meeting, Okay, since there is no one for that, here for that, we will continue with our special uh, meeting for Pure S. At this time, I am opening the public hearing for the Pure S Marine Terminal and Back Channel Improvements Project Final Environmental Impact Report. Application summary report to receive public comment in accordance with the California Environmental Quality Act, the California Coastal Act, and the Port Master Act plan. Those in the audience wishing to comment on this project are encouraged to sign the speaker's sheet located on the front lectern. I would also like to announce to those in attendance that to make our presentation as accessible as possible, we have a sign language interpreter and a Spanish translation services available. If there is anyone that would like to use either of these services, please let us know. At this time, I would like to ask Dr. Hasegaba, Acting Deputy Executive, to make a few comments regarding the project. Thank you, President Fields. Uh, commissioners, as you know, it has been a long journey to get to this point. Staff has worked very hard on this document, and I wanted to take a moment to thank the team that has brought this forward so it could be considered by the board today. First, I would like to recognize the project manager on this document from Environmental Planning, Kirsten Berg who has been working diligently under the direction of Rick Cameron and Heather Tomlake. I also want to recognize the critical support of the City Attorney's Office, Dominic Hosehouse and Barbara McTighe for her dedication to this project over the years, as well as the support of outside counsel, Kathy Jensen. We have also had a lot of technical staff provide critical input into the development of the document, including uh, Shashank Patil and the Transportation Planning Team, Larry Cottrell and Matt Plesia of Master Planning, and Sean Gamet, Derek Davis, and George Gordon from the Program Management Division. I would also like to recognize Art Wong and Lee Peterson Communications and the entire Government Affairs team for helping to share information about the proposed action being considered today. There have also been uh, the consulting firms that have helped to develop the document and the analysis, including AECOM, URS, CH2M Hill, SRA and MBC. And finally, I would like to thank the Army Corps of Engineers who has been our partner on this joint document. I apologize in advance if I've inadvertently left anyone off the list. 
but as you can see, it has been a collaborative effort all around, and that alone is deserving of recognition. Now I would like to ask Heather Tomley, Acting Director of Environmental Planning, to summarize the project. Thank you. Dr. Haskell, before we start that, I'd just like to acknowledge the presence of Council Member Susan Lowenthal, who just walked in, and I also see she's with the staff members, so welcome very much for taking the time out of your evening to join us. Okay. Please. Thank you very much. I will be providing a brief presentation tonight on the final environmental impact report for the Pier S Marine Terminal and Back Channel Improvement Project. And tonight we will be recommending that the board adopt a resolution certifying the final EIR and approve a permit just for the channel improvements portion of that project. To begin, I'll provide some background on the project. In 2011, the port released the draft environmental impact statement and environmental impact report in coordination with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for public comment and review. After the close of the public comment period, port staff reevaluated the current and future terminal needs and decided that we would not recommend approval of the marine terminal on PRS at that time. However, there remains an immediate need for navigational safety improvement <coughs> excuse me, in the back channel and the Cerritos channel and an opportunity for fill material to be utilized in the landfill for the Middle Harbor Redevelopment Project. Therefore, staff is recommending that the port move forward only with those channel improvements in order to take advantage of a unique opportunity to reuse the dredge material in the Middle Harbor fill. The channel improvements consist of three components navigational safety improvements in the back channel, dredging and widening of the Cerritos channel, and dike realignment and shortcut on PRS. The channel improvement work was included as a portion of the overall PRS project. Therefore, all components of the channel improvements have been fully analyzed in the final EIR. This map shows the various components of the channel improvement project. The back channel improvements are in the center of the map, under and next to the Gerald Desmond Bridge, and include the Inner Harbor turn Turning Basin. The Cerritos channel dredging and widening work would be to the north, adjacent to the PRS dike realignment and shortcut on the northern portion of PRS. The key objectives of the project are to dredge 881,000 cubic yards of sediment from the Cerritos Channel, Back Channel, and the Inner Harbor Turning Basin, to ex excavate 1.3 million cubic yards from the Pier S shoreline and widen the Cerritos Channel between Piers A and S, and the dredge material would be placed in the fill at Middle Harbor. Also, the Pier S shoreline, Cerritos Channel slopes, the Back Channel slopes would be reconstructed using quarry run, rock, and riprap, and a dike would be installed at PRS to protect prior remediation activities that have been conducted on PRS. The final EIR, which addresses the project impacts of the channel improvements, includes all comments received on the entire draft EIR and the port's responses to each of those comments. The final EIR was released on October 9th and has been provided to the board and posted on our website where it could be viewed by the public. No new comments have been received since the release of the final document. 
Staff has provided the board with a resolution certifying the final EIR, approving the channel improvements, and prohibiting implementation of any portion of the PRS project other than the channel improvements. Prior to approval of any other portions of the PRS project, the port staff would need to prepare a new EIR or a subsequent or supplemental EIR. In addition, the findings that are being recommended to the board for consideration are specific to the channel improvements and include the impacts, mitigations, and benefits associated with that portion of the project. Although most of the potentially significant environmental impacts associated with the channel improvements will become insignificant through environmental controls and mitigation measures, some will remain significant and unavoidable. Construction activities are expected to produce levels of some air emissions that would exceed the South Coast Air Quality Management District's daily emission thresholds of significance. The main sources of emissions are from tugboats and heavy equipment that will be used during the channel improvements construction. And construction would also produce greenhouse gas emissions that exceed the AQMD interim threshold of significance. Finally, construction activities would also result in cumulative cumulatively considerable air and greenhouse gas impacts. In addition to the environmental controls that are integral to the channel improvement work and mitigation measures that have been developed to reduce significant impacts to the extent feasible, all of these measures are conditions of the channel improvements approval. While all feasible measures have been applied to the channel improvements, there are still air quality and global climate change impacts that remain significant. Because of this, the channel improvements will be required to contribute to the port's community mitigation grant program in an amount relative to the extent of the expected impacts. The channel improvements would contribute a combined 126,000 for the schools and related sites and healthcare and senior facilities grant mitigation grant programs and $323,025 to the greenhouse gas emission reduction grant program. The funds would be released when the channel improvement construction begins. The channel improvements provide many benefits, including taking advantage of the opportunity to reuse the contaminated dredge material from the channels and the shortcut. By reusing the material in the port, potential adverse impacts associated with the construction work can be minimized. Disposing of the material in the nearby Middle Harbor fill minimizes impacts for transporting the material out of the port for disposal and means that the contaminated material would be placed in an environmentally protected location that wouldn't adversely impact water quality or pose a risk to benthic and aquatic or organisms. Reuse of the contaminated material also satisfies a Los Angeles Regional Contaminated Material Task Force goal of beneficially reusing as much dredge material as possible. The channel improvements are also expected to provide nearly 400 direct, indirect, and induced jobs in the local area. And finally, the channel improvements would also improve navigational safety by removing an obstruction and providing the recommended widths for maneuvering modern ships through the port channels. And finally, as previously mentioned, the channel improvements would contribute a total of $449,025 to the port's three community mitigation grant programs, which can provide support to a variety of programs in the nearby community.
In conclusion, staff is recommending the following actions for the board's consideration. To certify the final EIR for the PRS Marine Terminal and Back Channel Improvement Project, which identifies that the board believes the document is in compliance with CEQA. To adopt a resolution certifying the final EIR and making certain findings, adopting a statement of overriding consideration, a mitigation monitoring and reporting program, and the application summary report and to approve a level three harbor development permit for the channel improvements. The proposed certification of the final EIR would serve only as the CEQA clearance for the channel improvements. Just so we're all abundantly clear, no other portion of the Pier S project would be permitted based on the proposed certification. Prior to approval of any other component of the Pier S project, the board would require staff to prepare either a new EIR or a supplemental or subsequent EIR to fully address all impacts associated with future action. And that concludes my presentation, and we'll be happy to take any questions if you have any. Thank you, Ms. Tomley. I know this time we'll take uh, questions or comments from members of the public, and I know at this point uh, Council Member Lowenthal would like to speak, so I'll let you come up first, please. Thank you, Commissioners, Mr. President, President Fields, and Commission members. I want to thank you for taking my comment early. I appreciate that. And thank you for the hearty welcome earlier as well. I wanted to address you on the topic of Pier S. I support this project, as you can imagine, because it accomplishes many goals that are important to the port and our surrounding communities, such as requirements for the terminal to incorporate environmentally friendly technologies and an investment in green technologies. I do like that it takes advantage of timing to transfer dredge material to Middle Harbor while making waterways safer for our port pilots. I also appreciate that you've maintained your commitment to mitigation grants in this community. That's very important and you've been consistent with that. I truly appreciate that. Finally, Pier S will create more than a thousand valuable construction jobs and will eventually support thousands more in new permanent jobs throughout Southern California. Very few agencies or organizations can bring so many benefits to the table as the Port of Long Beach can, and you truly are such a great partner in this community and in this region. So I thank you and ask that you consider one other element to this project, and that's a project labor agreement. The port has a wonderful working relationship with our building trades. We've seen that time and time again, so I'm hopeful that PRS can be added to the list of those projects covered by your PLA or APLA. A project labor agreement will ensure that PRS is constructed without costly delays and budget overruns due to labor conflicts in this port or the Port of Los Angeles. I do appreciate your consideration and look forward to hearing your outcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind remarks. Okay, um, let me also like open this up to the rest of the public and if anyone wishes to speak, I would just simply request that you make your presentation brief and to the point uh, and if you can make it three minutes long. Um, so if anyone wishes to come forward, please do so. You can always of course provide us with written copies of your comments so they can be accurately recorded. So at this time, anyone wishing to speak, please come forward. Good evening, President Fields, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Michelle Grubbs, and I'm the Vice President with the Pacific Merchant Shipping Association. 
Uh, PMSA members support the revised version of the PRS project, which will improve the waterside improvements in support of a new cargo terminal, as well as the cr critical changes to the back and Cerritos channel for navigational safety purposes. The improvements incorporated in the CIR are necessary not only for navigating safely um, for the large container vessels, but it continues to demonstrate to the maritime community that the Port of Long Beach is big ship ready. The port has a unique opportunity with the CIR not only to improve the safety of the harbor by dredging, but to use the dredge material for Middle Harbor, for the Middle Harbor project. This is a win-win opportunity. PMSA members respectfully ask that the Commission approve the EIR. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else wish to speak? Good evening. My name is Morgan Wyan. I'm an attorney with the Natural Resources Defense Council, the NRDC. Uh, we had some serious concerns with the Pier S project as proposed back in 2011, including the fact that it would increase air pollution and for one of the alternatives considered, it would increase cancer risk beyond the limits the port promised not to exceed in the Clean Air Action Plan. We were also concerned with the EIS, EIR's analysis of a proposed marine terminal that it did not comply with CEQA and NEPA. But when port staff approached us recently about the idea of the port moving forward with only the channel improvements portion of the original project, um, we felt much better. After talking with port staff and reviewing the language of what is being proposed today, we do not oppose today's proposal. That is, of course, to move forward with only the channel improvements and not, improve, um, and not approve any development of a marine terminal. And, of course, if the port did want to in the future utilize the land side of Pier S, they would need to do a new CEQA and NEPA analysis at that point. We very much appreciate the port's creative approach and willingness to work with us to continue to make progress towards cleaning up the port's air pollution. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Is there anyone else? Okay. Seeing there's no one else from the public, it's now behind the rail, and I'll open it up to Commissioners, any commissioners wish to speak or ask questions? Okay. Anyone? Oh, excuse me, Commissioner Dines. Thank you, Mr. President. I will keep my comments very brief, and I first wanted to uh, echo the comments by Dr. Hasakaba and thank our staff and the city attorney's office for all their hard work. Um, it's it's been a collaborative effort and there are way too many people to thank and so I would just like to give a broad thank you to everyone I, I really appreciate all the work you've done and I think that uh, having the NRDC come up here and say positive comments and and saying go ahead and move forward on this project today I, I think that is is a testament to all the hard work you've done so I really really appreciate it and I believe that what is being proposed here is in the best interest of this port. And we are, uh, it's in line with respecting the needs of our community. So I would like to be the one, uh, and I, I definitely want to hear more comments from the rest of the board, but I would make a, the motion to approve uh, as recommended. Okay, we have a motion and a second. However, let me ask if there's any other commissioners who wish to speak on this matter. Commissioner Wise. Yeah, I, I just um, want to give a special thanks to Barbara McTighe from the city attorney's office because I think she uh, was the architect of what um, the NRDC has described as the creative approach to this. And 
by virtue of, of what has been proposed here, we are able to improve two assets at once. Um, we improve PRS and get it ready for whatever uh, use it will next take on for the port. And at the same time, we get to use the material at Middle Harbor, which of course is the project that we all are so anxious to, to uh, complete and get operational. So I want to thank her especially for her efforts. And I just want to add my thanks as well. Um, thanks to all of you and management staff, as well as members of the public that came down before us. Um, it clearly is a collaborative effort that this came out in the fashion it did. And to have a lack of controversy, it speaks volumes. So to everyone here, thank you. Okay, so we have a motion. We have a second. Then I will call for the vote. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Okay, that motion passes unanimously. And I believe we have a report. Am I correct? Uh, presentation of progress for developing a long-range land use plan, a master plan. Mr. Contrell. Mr. Contrell. Say a few words. Well, the purpose of the presentation this evening is to get feedback from the board on our proposal to develop a long-range comprehensive land use plan for the port. Um, I wanted to start out by taking you back to the 1980s. Um, I think a, a few of us around here remember this rather interesting uh, planning effort. Um, it, was, it, it surprises people when I tell them that uh, there was a point uh, in time uh, back in the mid-80s when the two ports collaborated on, uh, on a land use plan. And you're seeing the image right here. Um, it, was, it was bold. It was, uh, it was pretty exciting stuff. Um, um, I was involved in doing some of the forecasting uh, associated with uh, establishing the need for, uh, uh, for these landfills. Um, I think we'd like to do something exciting again, um, not only in terms of what it is we're going to develop, but perhaps more importantly, the process that we're going to follow to develop it. And it's this process uh, that I want to mostly talk to you about uh, this evening. But first, <laughs> let me, let, me, uh, let me sidetrack you a bit and talk a little bit about what we think uh, the plan should do or should be. Uh, I think first and foremost, the plan needs to help us make land use decisions. Uh, we need to be able to hold the plan up and any proposal that's been made for development um, and determine if there's uh, consistency. Um, uh, you know, I, I, actually a, a, a consultant friend of mine probably put it best you want a long-range plan to avoid the do-overs. You want to be able to avoid making decisions in the near term uh, that look good, um, only to not look so good later on. And so we want to make decisions that are consistent with the long-range interests uh, of the port by having this uh, plan prepared for us. Uh, the plan needs to be, we think, demand-driven. Um, it needs to be developed to accommodate uh, projected cargo, but subject to conditions. Now, I've taken a crack at what I think some of the condition categories might be. 
Um, there could be others. That's really for the board and for uh, staff with input from stakeholders in the community ultimately to define for us. Um, but for illustrative purposes, I've listed a few here. Um, I suspect that uh, you know, we'll um, uh, want to have some objectives, if you will, or conditions related to the, plan, the alternative plan's fiscal impact, uh, impacts on the community, uh, the economic benefits and impacts uh, of these plans on our regional transportation system. As I mentioned before, we want the plan to be long range and by that, um, in this context, what I mean is that we want to look out past when we think we achieve uh, capacity so that we can address the question of what to do with our landfill credits. Uh, and if we're going out that far, and that's probably past 2035, I think we want uh, to be flexible in how we look at land use patterns. We don't necessarily want to be locked into the patterns that we have now. We may want to explore um, moving some things around if it makes sense. Um, and if we're going out that far, uh, we may have an opportunity to explore some of these uh, uh, ideas. Now the process. Um, I guess we can best, or I can best describe the process as what some of us would call a rational planning process whereby uh, we would maximize the use of analytics um, uh, for purposes of uh, achieving uh, the greatest level of, of objectivity. And the first four bullets really relate to that. Um, we're going to do some technical forecasting um, we're going to revisit our terminal capacity models and we're going to do other kinds of modeling for purposes of determining how our alternative plans perform with respect to plan objectives. And of course, in order to do that, we're going to quantify objectives uh, and we're going to weight them if that makes sense to everybody. Um, a couple of other things that we're going to, uh, to do to, to uh, achieve objectivity, if you will, um, relate to the last couple of bullets. We're going to have separate uh, consulting efforts uh, in developing uh, our cargo forecasts uh, apart from uh, the consulting efforts needed to develop, uh, to, to prepare the, uh, the, the development plans and to evaluate them. And we're also uh, proposing for your consideration um, the uh, use of a third party uh, expert for purposes of, of, of uh, introducing some uh, QA uh, assistance. Here's a graphic of, uh, in, in summary fashion, how it, how it uh, fits together. You can see the cargo forecasting tasks on the left and this package of studies would be done by one consulting team um, and the results of that would feed into uh, the efforts uh, uh, that would be performed by another team uh, consisting of plan development and ultimately plan evaluation. Now under the cargo forecast package there. Um, I'd just like to point out one thing that we would be doing that historically we haven't, um, and that is looking at uh, potentially new markets for purposes of doing land use planning, you know, preparing 
uh, uh, facilities that that uh, uh, that would be needed to attract um, uh, new cargo or new commodities that um, we historically have not handled. Typically, when we do cargo forecasts, uh, or we have uh, consultants do forecasts for us, we focus on the commodities that we handle. Um, but we're going to expand the scope of that and explore. Um, the, the feasibility of bringing in some commodities that we currently don't handle, which may have implications for how we prepare our plans. Um, you can see that we've, we're showing a number of opportunities for the public to participate, um, mainly in, in the uh, development and refinement of our objectives, and these are the, uh, these objectives ultimately would be uh, used by one of the consulting teams to evaluate the plans. Um, here you get a little better idea of, of how the, the uh, public workshops integrate with the workflow. Now, our uh, thought here is that we would, uh, we would issue RFPs uh, simultaneously uh, for both the cargo forecast work and the plan development work. Uh, clearly, you can't develop uh, alternative plans until you have the cargo forecasts. Uh, uh, but there's, there are lots of other things that the plan development team can do uh, in front of that. Um, and you can see here, um, they would largely consist of uh, 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 undertaking interviews that would um, serve to help define preliminarily um, what the plan objectives uh, would be uh, that would be used again for purposes of plan evaluation. Um, we'd also want that consultant, the, that is the plan development consultant, uh, to revisit our, our terminal capacity modeling system. Uh, and there's plan evaluation work to do early on, including uh, uh, evaluating a number of evaluation schemes um, that would help define uh, the kinds of modeling systems that we would want to develop. For example, um, if it's determined that the best evaluation scheme would be something like a benefit cost analysis, that would mean one thing in terms of the kinds of, of uh, modeling systems that we would want to develop that would produce, for the most part, dollar outputs. I suspect it would be something else than that, but um, we would want to go through the exercise of looking at different evaluation schemes up front that would drive the kinds of measurement models that we would uh, uh, produce later on. Here's a, a more detailed picture of the plan development component, and you can see that we're, uh, the aim here is to generate alternative terminal plans based on alternative cargo forecast scenarios, um, as well as different assumptions uh, uh, about how terminals uh, may operate in the future. Uh, and once we have uh, these alternative uh, terminal plans uh, beholden to specific cargo forecast scenarios and sets of terminal capacity or uh, 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 terminal performance assumptions, we'll then prepare uh, 
support facility plans for each one of them. And this is where we would look at inf uh, the, the need for certain infrastructure to support what it is um, that uh, each alternative would be proposing. And so um, we, would, uh, we would prepare basically uh, a rail plan for each uh, alternative uh, terminal plan scenario. And we look at other infrastructure and we look at power requirements, which has been an interest of uh, uh, some board members. And the combination of whatever support um, uh, facility package uh, would be required uh, for each terminal plan, the, combina the combination of those two uh, would give us our alternative land use plan, uh, which is displayed uh, illustrative along, uh, illustratively along the bottom. Um, this gives you uh, an idea of how some of these pieces start to come together. You can see in the leftmost uh, columns um, how the objectives um, would be incorporated uh, by category, weights if it makes sense, uh, the different measures that would be associated with, e with each of the objective categories, and um, across uh, the rightmost part of the matrix would be our alternatives, and each alternative plan would be scored with respect to the measured objectives. And uh, I expect there'll be a, 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 a mixture of, uh, of measures, some dollars, some numbers, uh, maybe some less than numbers, maybe greater thans or less thans would be filled in some of those, uh, uh, of those uh, cells. Um, but the idea here is to lay it all out as transparently and publicly as we can in terms of how we arrive at the alternative, uh, the, the best alternative plan for each of the scenarios uh, that, that we uh, develop. And if it's not clear um, what, what the preferred alternative is with all these numbers, there are techniques that we can use to begin to make uh, commensurable these uh, these different measurements and I've just il uh, illustrated one way of, of of doing that across the bottom where the measures uh, get transformed into percentage achievement um, but you can see how important the evaluation component is to the whole uh, effort and the the uh, the way in which um, measurements are arrived at and uh, manipulated, if you will. Lots of challenges. Uh, most of them are schedule-related, uh, but the top one is a is a is a particular challenge, um, and that really speaks to the issue of trying to strike some balance between uh, the desire to be open, and that's certainly what we want to be, um, and the need to have occasionally some discussions with our tenants about. Um, their business and the possibility of moving them around or expanding them or whatever. Um, so it's going to be um, it's going to be an ongoing challenge to try to strike that balance um, and uh, and and still be able to have uh, full knowledge and participation of uh, our stakeholders in the in the community. Um, we also need to look internally at our uh, at our resources. Um, we need to determine straight away what we're going to need additionally uh, uh, 
uh, in terms of staff effort. Uh, it may mean uh, uh, rearranging priorities. Um, certainly, we're going to need some consulting help, and so we need to we need to come to terms with uh, early on with uh, the kind of effort uh, that's that's needed uh, by both our staff and uh, and whatever outside help that we need. Uh, and this last slide is for me. Uh, make no small plans. Sooner or later, every planner in his or her career invokes the words of Daniel Burnham, make no small plans. He was the chief architect of the uh, of Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1894, I think. Um, uh, since it's getting later for me, and I haven't invoked his words yet, um, <laughs> I'm taking this opportunity to do it. Uh, this may be my last one. Uh, make no small plans. I think really what what we want to say here is we want to do something important. We want to do something uh, exciting, not only in terms of what it is we come up with, but how we do it. Uh, I think for us that's just as important. And with that, uh, I'll turn it back to whoever wants to speak next. I'd like to thank a lot of people, too, for kicking around ideas with me. Uh, on uh, what we should be doing and, uh, and, and how we should uh, do it. Uh, we've had lots of coffee discussions about this and, uh, and too many people to uh, thank for their ideas. Commissioners, I just wanted to maybe just add a few points here on the end of this presentation. Number one, I wanted to thank uh, Larry and his team, uh, Matt Plesia specifically. Um, they're the ones who really have been working very hard at uh, putting this proposal together before you. I think we're fortunate here at the port that we have veterans such as Larry, as he just alluded to. Hopefully this isn't his last plan, but I think this is something that uh, he's up for the challenge for and he's the right person uh, to handle this effort. Uh, Matt uh, Plesia has been with the port a while. He's done a lot of our forecasting work and a lot of the other efforts. So I think we're in good hands when it comes to um, uh, our master planning folks taking the lead on this. I did want to um, emphasize though we do have current plans that we're working on, as you, you were well aware of. Um, that does not mean that those current plans that we have, the Middle Harbor, the bridge, the other rail improvements, things that are important for today and tomorrow are not a priority for us. And this is something that we've discussed amongst the executive team with Al Moro, and we've made it abundantly clear as we move forward, we want to make sure that we keep our priorities <clears throat> in check. I think the point about resources is right on. What we would be doing is coming back to the board with a little bit more of a detail of how we're going to move forward with the schedule. I think uh, one of the first um, uh, probably efforts we'll be doing is putting an RFP together for the first piece, which is the forecasting. At some point, that will be coming back before the board for your consideration uh, for, for a contract. Um, but we will keep the board apprised of where we are with the efforts. Uh, and uh, once again, uh, this will be something we'll be working with many divisions uh, with the entire department at some point in time. We, we also will be making sure that, uh, you know, once again, everybody is busy with current projects right now and we don't want to throw them off. And so we're sensitive to that. We also know this is important and we also want to get done in a timely manner, but do it the right way as well. So that's my commitment to, to work with the team as a whole. And I just wanted to kind of leave you with those, with those remarks and uh, 
and, and thank Larry. I also want to thank uh, the team for the previous action as well. I didn't get to that, uh, say my thanks to that and thanks to the board for your patience. Um, that was not an easy kind of shifting of gears, but I do appreciate everybody's hard work on that as well. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, board members, comments, question, Commissioner Sramick. Yeah, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Larry. Um, I, I first, my first, I have a question. What happened to those previous plans? That was interesting looking <laughs> well, at. Well, there was something the on the LA side that looks a whole lot like Pier 400 today. Yeah, but, uh, but our but, side uh, never built. Uh, like I said before, I was working on the LA side, and uh, oh. at, at some point. <laughs> That's why it got built. Uh, <laughs> but it's, sorry. I, I, I could just add a little bit of context. Uh, that previous program that Larry worked on was done in the 1980s was called the 2020 program. And at that time in Los Angeles uh, and Long Beach collaborated on that. The, um, the Port of Long Beach uh, built a portion of the 2020 program. It's called the Pier J yeah. South Terminal Expansion. And that was back in the early 1990s. Um, at that time thereafter, Long Beach uh, kind of chose no, no longer to proceed in the um, expansions to the Outer Harbor. Those were called Piers K and L. Uh, what became available at that time was acquisition um, in the uh, mid-1990s of the former UPRC, Union Pacific Resources Company property, in the Pier A and Pier S areas. Okay. And also, um, shortly after that, the uh, Navy base uh, became surplus and through the, uh, the um, the, the reuse program, uh, the BRAC program, uh, the, the, the port pursued and, and um, uh, retained the, the Navy base project, which was no uh, small program at all. So the acquisition of those many hundreds of acres, I think it was over a thousand acres, made those landfills, Piers K and L, uh, no longer at that time in the 1990s uh, necessary to pursue. Um, however, Los Angeles uh, did go forward with the Pier 300 and 400 program because at that time they did not have um, access to that surplus land. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I, I'm not going to get into any details. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I guess this all really depends on the forecasting, but uh, I think you've got all the right uh, <clears throat> items in here I'm looking at it from the environment traffic all that stuff that's that's going to be affected by anything we do here so um, you know on dock rail we need to look at all that so it's it all seems to be in there what I'd really like to um, I, first I, I do want to ask about alternate terminal plans you you said you don't know how terminals will operate in the future are we going to predict anything for alternate ways of Terminal operation. Well, because I, I think that's very important. If there are other ways of moving cargo around, and yeah. we'll, we'll look at uh, at alternative uh, assumptions about uh, about terminal performance. We actually uh, currently, uh, with the assistance of a consultant, uh, run a terminal capacity um, um, modeling system, which makes certain assumptions about how terminals are going to operate in the future. Uh, in terms of crane performance, you know, lifts per operating hour, uh, density of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of the backland in terms of stack heights and so forth. 
um, we need to, to revisit what we think is, uh, are the likely sets of future operating assumptions, but we also want to vary that a bit. And we want to make that part of creating some uh, uh, alternative plans that are alternatives not only with respect to assumptions about the economy and our competitiveness, but also with respect to um, our assumptions about how we think terminals are going to uh, perform, how efficient they're going to be. Uh, we want to vary those assumptions as well um, in order to come up with, with our, our alternative our end product alternative plans. Okay, thanks. Uh, all I want, my last comment is just gonna be, uh, I hope you're gonna just take small steps on this, the progression of what goes on because it's it's a lot, this is a lot of work, it's a lot of pieces to it. And, uh, and I'd like to just ask, every time you take a small step, keep the board informed, please. So, you know. It's, this can be used because we're going to be answering questions about it all the way along. So Commissioner, we really appreciate what you're, this effort you're going to be putting forward. We definitely will. And in fact, uh, after tonight, uh, one of the things we'll be doing probably the course of the next month is regrouping internally, coming back to uh, you know executive staff, and at some point coming back with maybe a little bit more of the details of the next step. And we'll keep you informed along the way at some pure you know, frequency, whatever that happens to be and more importantly as each milestone comes about so great super will. thank you yeah. commissioner dines thank you mr president thank you rick thank you larry very much and thanks to matt too um larry is there any way i can get you on the record to commit that you'll be seeing this through to 2035 <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty exciting uh, project it's it's what uh, people like us uh, stay around for. Well, I, I hope I hope you're here to see it through. I'm very excited about this uh, proposal, and I I too really like that great first slide. Pier 400 got built, and we didn't get our outer harbor built. But I I do believe it's something that needs to be revisited, especially as we continue to look at the larger and larger vessels that are being built, and more and more 18,000 TEU. Uh, vessels are being delivered and they'll have 22,000s on the drawing board and by 2035 maybe we'll see 30,000 TEU who knows so uh, I remember in 1997 when a six or seven thousand TEU was considered a monster but uh, those are small now and I don't think they'll be making much money in the trade route uh, very much longer uh, and I think it is important that uh, that you let us know what additional resources you will need. And I believe every division in the department uh, will have a role to play here. But uh, please don't put too much on your own shoulders. So it, I, I think it, it would be uh, a responsibility of ours to help you any way we can. And um, any additional resources you need, uh, please ask. Um, I really believe that this is smart port policy and that this study will help separate us from the rest of our competition. Uh, and I believe that port customers and cargo owners will recognize that a long-term plan is in uh, every stakeholder's best interest, not just in the port's best interest. And I'm really excited that uh, we'll be looking at emerging markets. And whereas 90% of our trade, our import trade, is currently with Asia, uh, we have 
Brazil at 8% growth. We have a, Latin, a lot of Latin American countries growing very rapidly. With the expansion of the Panama Canal, I, in my opinion, believe that that's going to spur a lot of investment into Latin American ports, and, and they will be um, building a lot of infrastructure. They'll be bringing in bigger cranes. They'll be, they'll be dredging. So I, I think trade with Latin America will increase dramatically in the decades to come, and I think emerging markets is going to be very important when we look at the study. And also uh, that the diversification of cargo. And, and again, in my opinion, I think the Port of LA seems to be all in on containers. But I think there are many types of cargo. Uh, and and uh, Long Beach is a very diversified port right now. But I think we'll continue to move in, into more diversified types of cargo. We do, uh, we do great business in liquid and dry bulk. Uh, Roro, we're very blessed to have a long-term lease with Toyota. We have Mercedes coming in to pair F. So we, we move a lot of different cargo, and I'd like to see us continue to um, protect ourselves so we don't uh, fall to a place where we were in 2008 and 2009, and we lost 20% of our volume in containers. So diversification of cargo, I think, is very important uh, because we can't control the national and global economies, so, but we need, to, we need to protect our own local economy. So I'm very excited about moving forward on this. I think you've laid a wonderful plan out. And, and one thing that I'm really excited about is just how far into the future you want to look. And I think that the port is very open and transparent and working with all the stakeholders, including the environmental community, that we can all share our ideas and we can uh, accomplish the goal of everyone. And that is to have a very green uh, port uh, that, that is that economic engine that, that creates and protects good jobs. Thank you very much. Okay, anyone else? Yes, uh, Commissioner Wise. Just uh, real briefly, I had an opportunity to speak with um, Larry this afternoon a little bit, and I gave him, gave, asked him some questions and gave him some thoughts then, but um, I'm very excited about this, and I, I have to say I'm also very interested in um, your proposal to have a... Um, a third party neutral or whatever involved from time to time and I look forward to as you flush this out figuring out how to use such a person or entity because I think um, that kind of involvement will um, lead us to the best uh, the best plan overall I've heard some other entities I heard Edison um, talk about this actually when um, in connection with um, making decisions about San Onofre and, and I think it's a real interesting um, way of, of entities making decisions, just not going with what the consultant says, but having somebody also look at what the consultant says. So I, um, I look forward to seeing this flushed out. Okay, great, thank you. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, first of all, it's very refreshing to hear you speak from a 50,000-foot level and, you know, in high-level thinking, because it's really, uh, you know, I think we sometimes need to get above where we are. Um, the question I have regarding this uh, study, will we be looking at things like things that are outside of our control, like where distribution centers are and how they impact where cargo goes? Will that be a part of this? I, I think to the extent that what happens on the outside, and, and it could be a whole host of things, affects our business, um, you know, from uh, uh, market support on the outside to what happens, uh, you know, with the Panama Canal and so forth is certainly 
something that we need to look at. And to the extent that we're not certain about some of these conditions, um, we'll look at, we'll make uh, assumptions about them, different assumptions, um, and see what, if any, effect that has um, on our uh, ability to compete. Um, so, you know, we'll have an opportunity, I think, to do some what we would call maybe sensitivity testing. In some cases, varying assumptions about an external uh, event um, uh, may not have much of an effect. Um, in other instances, it would have a huge effect. And where it does have an effect, I think we'll want to craft uh, some alternative scenarios that, ref that uh, reflect the ends of the spectrum, so to speak, on, you know, on, on things like that. Yeah. And I guess one of the things I'd like to know if a study touches on is the fact that I understand that at one point, we being, we being both ports, 85% of Walmart's cargo came through these two ports. And today, about 15% does. That's 70% loss. And I know there are a lot of factors, but I would like to know uh, if the study's going to go there and determine, you know, first of all, what were the, the major contributing factors, but second of all, what could help us get that cargo back here, if possible? It, it, yeah. In the, in the course of doing forecasting, uh, it's uh, one, one of the tasks is to look back and see uh, what factors affected uh, what and, uh, and, and what what do you expect with regard to that factor in the future? So history is, is always helpful, is always looked at for forecasting purposes. And you know, I would expect that we would be somewhat uh, retrospective about uh, events in the past and what has affected um, our share gain or loss uh, for purposes of, of, of taking events into, into the future. And I, well, I know everyone said small steps, you know, bring it back to us. I would also encourage you to think bold. And, uh, you know, all of us, I think you need to really think out there and think of bold ways to reimagine what the ports of the future will be. I agree. Okay. I Great. think we want to be bold. Yeah. You only control when you get bold, but that's <laughs> where all the rewards are. Okay, anyone else uh, wish to speak on this matter? Okay, seeing there is no one else wishing to speak. Motion to receive and file. Second. Excellent. Uh, 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 sorry, yeah. public. <laughs> My apologies. I, when you said anybody, I thought I wasn't sure if you met the public, so I apologize. I've met you. Sure. Um, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to make a few comments. Um, and actually, I wasn't planning to make comments about it, but I was listening to Larry's uh, presentation. I think he did a very good job. Um, the Port of Los Angeles just did a smaller portion of the process you're about to evoke on, and it took them about two years, and they did a long-range planning process. And Larry kept referring to the words open and transparent, and they did that, and I, I, I hope that you also embrace that. It was um, they, and the other thing that Larry mentioned, and it was laid into his presentation, was uh, working with your existing tenants. And that was something that I found the process that LA went through for the last two years very interesting because they brought all the tenants, and this was just a terminal island long range planning session that they did for a master plan amendment. 
but they brought in all of the existing tenants in Terminal Island and around and had them come in and talk about not only what, you know, that for Larry will have the cargo forecast, and uh, but what is your tenants? Some of your tenants have been with you 100 years. What are their plans? What do they see as where they want to take their company? And is it possible? So I, I like the fact that you also will be embracing them and listening to them as far as what they see as cargo handling in the future, handling the terminals. Um, and lastly, I also wanted to mention that I appreciate Rick's comments about that we are not going to forget our existing priorities and that those will remain the same as we look out for the long term. And, um, and I hope that uh, the port does look bold and we do look go forward. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, let me ask again, anyone else would like to address us on this matter? Okay, seeing no, no one, there's no one else. We have a motion of a second. I'll call for the vote. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Motion passed unanimously, and at this point, is there any public comment or none agenda items? There are none. Then we are adjourned. Thank you all so much for coming down this evening.